the other thing that I was going to say is that there is an element of inevitability in all of us that we are doing what we're doing today. And so if you were able to find something, a detail from early on in your life or something that happened to you or something that, you know, some sort of uh, circumstance that you uh, endured or capitalized on or whatever, there's some reason why you are perfect to be doing what you're doing now. And that should also be integrated into your story. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get Maestro Five. Three, two, one. Hey you guys, Maestro here and welcome back to another episode of Maestro on the Mic. Today I have with me yet another guest who has done and continues to do the damn thing. I'm not going to lie guys, I record these early and so one of the things, since we're now in the time of coronavirus, one of the things that I can, I'm concerned with is like, will this episode still be relevant when it comes out? And that's actually why I'm super pumped to bring on today's guest because... What she does is, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, evergreen. It's timeless. It's always relevant. Um, and she fills a gap, a huge gap that I see. Um, it's you know, very much a shortcoming for, for me. So she is, let's, how, do I, how do I say this? She's a former corporate publicity strategist. And she has taken her powers and now using them for the greater good, for the smaller human and not the big corporate corporations anymore, which I think is incredible. And she's here to tell you how you can get your voice and your message out there. So without further ado, welcome to the show all the way from the East Coast, my good friend, Amanda Berlin. Welcome, Fred. Thank you, Shante. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for... So excited to be here. Thank you for uh, hopping in the closet and chatting it up with me. <laughs> I love it. All the good podcasters do it. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to just shut up and flip the mic over to you. And why don't you tell the people who you are? I'm happy to. Thank you. <laughs> so like Shantae, you said, I am a former New York City corporate publicity strategist who now uses my powers for good. I went from representing some of the biggest brands, the most loud companies in the world, helping them be louder than their competition. And then I recognized that there was very little soul in that from where I was sitting and I needed to figure out a different way to purvey my expertise. And uh, mercifully, after <laughs> about 12 years in the corporate world, I got my pink slip, which is not really a thing. They just bring you in the office and tell you that you have to leave. <laughs> but I got let go. I got laid off um, in a downsizing. And I really viewed it as my get out of jail free card because for about three years prior to that, I the refrain in my head was, 
I know I need to be doing something different. I don't know what that is, but I know it's not this. Mm -hmm. And I left and I was um, completely focused on doing my own thing. It didn't even occur to me. It was never a question in my mind whether I was going to go back and get another job like the one that I had disliked for. And that's a that's a a. a kind term <laughs> for for the last uh, three years. So um, for the first year of my entrepreneurial journey, and I think that this is, you know, really uh, should be comforting to anyone who is starting out or in the early stages of their entrepreneurial lives. I was fumbling around for about wow. a year trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I did, and this, you know, may also resonate with you. I did like all these different trainings. I did mm-hmm. a life coach training. I did a um, a fitness certification. I did, I did several fitness certifications um, because I... When I was so discontented in my corporate life, I was steeped in this world of personal development Mm -hmm. and uh, and fitness and and all of these things that made me feel better. And I thought like, oh, that's what I want to be doing. And what I didn't realize, though, is as I ventured to kind of like dabble in making those my business and was completely shunning the communications expertise that I had because I was so disgruntled Uh, in that uh job, I didn't realize that that was the thing that every single one of us needs and that I actually had this like decade plus long training in how to get a business out there and I wasn't utilizing it. And so I'll just pause there. I don't want to like no, railroad you, you, and I, take up I'm all, I'm all good. This is, but, this is about you. You can talk okay. as much as you want. All right. So the, the kind of the second part of that, once I realized like, oh, okay, like this is an actual marketable skill. I um, now I needed to figure out how to make a business out of it. And it actually happened that I I kind of stumbled into this epiphany that I could market this skill of mine because I was married at the time. I was the sole breadwinner for our family and I was pregnant and I needed to figure out once I got pregnant, I was like, okay, this is now real. I have to figure out what I'm doing in my career if I'm going to be having a child and I'm responsible for our livelihood. So I reached out to this organization that I really loved. You know, I had done one of my trainings through them and I was like, you guys really do need some communications help. And it was almost begrudgingly because I still was in that place of like, oh, I want to be a life coach or I want to be a fitness pro or whatever. And I needed to make money, though. So I was like, I think you guys could utilize me. Um, What do you think? And the executive director of the organization came back and he was like, yeah, I think we could use you. We really need help with list building. And it was like he had just read that in like marketing (laughs) today. Exactly. (laughs) Here's my buzzword. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. I was like, okay, yeah, I can help you with that probably. Um, And he sent me a request for a proposal. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Like, I don't want to have to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even want to be, you know, courting this kind of work, whatever. And in that moment, when I started filling out that request for a proposal, it was like, bam, this is what I actually love Ah. to do. And 
I forgot that I liked it because I'd been doing it for the wrong people all of this time. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that I could take that skill set of helping organizations and individuals create a story that's marketable to their audience, helping them connect on a really deep visceral level with the people who truly need them, helping them be visible in a way that made them feel in alignment. Once I realized I could do all of that for people who were soul powered, who really cared about what they were doing, who were making change in the world, who were doing work that was really helping people, that was when I was like, okay, this is what I was supposed to be doing all this time. <laughs> I there's so much fire in that story. You guys, you guys know these are the people I bring on. I try to surround myself with people that are just passionate about what they do. And I love that Amanda just took you through that journey because this is this is I'm like really excited right now. This is going to be so relevant because I'm seeing it and we're all seeing it left and right where people are getting furloughed right now. People are getting laid off right now. And that's fucking scary. Let's not be like, oh, it's the best thing ever. But I love that that's a part of your story and how it kind of granted you this this freedom, this opportunity, especially and I hear it from my own people. They're like, I hate my job. So I get it. It's scary not to have that resource and money coming in. But the opportunity that I think we're being granted and gifted right now to move forward and create. And this is why I wanted to bring Amanda on because this is what she does in helping you create that that life that you want and and tap into things that you already have. Like I love your story because it's so many people's stories of like I went and like was trying to do this thing. I thought I wanted to do this and I love that you actually went and did the thing. I think that's huge too. <laughs> like people sit there and they're wondering like do I want to do life coaching? Do I want to do personal training? I love that you went and learned all those things. Like worst case scenario, okay, well, now I just learned it. And now I maybe I use it, maybe I don't. I see people kind of get stuck in that, like, should I do this? Should I do that? Like, Amanda's over there like, I'm gonna do it all. And, you know, even if it still circles you back to your original skill set, I think it's even if even if we go through something and the the thing we learned is that we didn't like it that's a huge lesson so that's Mm -hmm. phenomenal i want to tease out something i want you to tease out something you said because i love it you help people create a story what does that mean yeah yeah so the thing the thing that these massive brands out there in the world would pay anything for is a personal story that connects with an audience and inspires them to take action. And we as solo entrepreneurs or small business owners, we have that story. Like we have that story embedded in our journey. And so what it is for us is it's imperative that we take our entire journey and create some kind of brand narrative that communicates to our audience why we do what we do and how we can help them. And every single one of us has that embedded because we because it just is like it's a fact of how we've gotten here. And um, we can yeah, we can talk a little bit about what that story can actually look like, because there's a very simple structure that I you know, is sort of like the jumping off point that I work with my clients on. So I can, I'm happy to dive into that if that would be helpful. Yeah, that'd be super, super helpful. I have some questions, yeah. but I'm going to let you go first. And this way, maybe the questions already get answered. So yeah, that'd okay, be super yes. helpful. 
So so one way to tell that story, and this is something I work on with clients all the time because it's not just a single, you know, narrative that you tell over and over again, though you will rely on it for, you know, an interview like this or something, uh, something like that. But there, there, there are different stories to tell and different ways to tell your story in different scenarios. But one jumping off point that you could start with is your before and after story. Mm-hmm. And so in, in this beginning part of this interview, my story was my before and like the middle part, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't yeah, quite yeah. Get to the the end, but you could see how the structure was. Here's where I was before. Here's the moment that changed everything for me, and here's where I landed after. And this is how it informs what I do now. And so for me, that last part is. And so now I teach my clients how to implement these free tactics of visibility that I was employing for these massive companies to get their message out there, connect with more of the right people and improve their bottom line, something like that. So um, so it's a classic three act narrative that you can employ to in to um, to tease out your own story from your entire journey. So what was your before? What was that moment, that epiphany that changed everything for you? And how did it bring you to where you are today? And again, I'm also like, I'm chomping at the bit to go into these other kind of details that you can add to that. But yeah, curious what the questions are. (laughs) What is so one of the issues I see with people or people tell me is like, if they're now isn't so remarkable like do they need to have a lot of results in the now to for this story to like or or it just end up like that becomes a two-part story then if they're like I was there and then I left my job and now I'm a personal trainer and I I'm just starting yeah well so I would say that the before so this story can really bring in elements from your entire life. It doesn't just have to be your career. So I've worked with people who like I worked with a woman who is a sales consultant and we tapped into this before part of her story from when she was a childhood that she was like making deals with her mom (laughs) like from early on so she wouldn't have to like clean her room, whatever it was. And so I the other thing actually this is a great we're sort of very much on the same wavelength not that we didn't know that already <laughs> but the other thing that I was going to say is that there is an element of inevitability in all of us that we are doing what we're doing today. And so if you were able to find something, a detail from early on in your life or something that happened to you or something that, you know, some sort of uh, circumstance that you Uh, endured or capitalized on or whatever, there's some reason why you are perfect to be doing what you're doing now. And that should also be integrated into your story. So I would say that Um, that all of us has that three act narrative, no matter where we are in our business journey. And part of it might be an emotional like epiphany that you had uh, earlier on where that, you know, sort of fed into the change you made logistically in your life. Got it. I love what you just said there. I think I'm going to have to make it the title. Basically, in my mind, I summarize that as Publicity 101, Uncovering the Element of Inevitability. That is Ooh. so the that's so good, Amanda, the element of inevitability. Like, 
That is so, so my friend, uh, you guys know her, Gate Happens, Courtney Conley. She just sent me a book and it's called Maybe. Uh, and it's like, it's like a children's oh. book. It's like a beautiful book. Like it's like a children's book, but like you don't want them to touch it because then it's going to get messed up. So it's like kind <laughs> of a children's book, but like also like, it's like art. Uh, and that's what it's really the, the whole gist of it is like, you have this within you. And what if you believed that you were like, you know, born to change the world? What if you would believe if you believe that you were put here for a reason? And like they list out a bunch of different, you know, possible scenarios. But it's, it's exactly what you just said of this, the element of inevitability. There's something in your life that happened that, you know, was supposed to happen and now brought you exactly to where you are right now. And is a gift that you can use to help other people like that is Mark, how much mindset work do you have to do with people? Yeah, there is definitely an element of mindset in all this, which which it brings me back to what you were saying before of, you know, actually going and doing the thing yeah. and going and getting the life coach training absolutely served me um, because I'm able to speak that language a bit with my clients because a lot of my clients are in the health and wellness space and they are very much in that mindset conversation. Um, but yeah, there takes it takes a lot of um it, you know, I was going to say discipline. I don't think it's discipline. It just takes something to put yourself out there think, and not yeah. be, uh, you know, I don't I think, think discipline a, is a very good word, though, because motivation is not the thing. I think it is discipline. Right. Like you're going to keep showing up. Discipline. Right. I think you're right. You're right. Because I have said this. I even said it earlier this week to someone who told me that they were afraid of video and that, you know, maybe at some point it'll get easier for them. And I was like, yeah, I mean, when I started doing video, doing Facebook lives, I was like, even when I started sending out newsletters, I was like, the only way I got myself to do it was by saying to myself, yeah. no one's really paying attention. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Because also but, they're not. But, you, but, <laughs> but still showing yeah, up anyway. And then it just gets easier. Um, yeah. yeah. So the mindset work is definitely part of it. And, you know, I, I also wanted to circle back to, you know, the fact that like, there's there's an actual practical application to kind of doing this personal deep dive into your story. It's not just navel gazing. It's not just, you know, putting yourself at the center, making yourself the hero. It's because that's what your clients are going to connect with yeah. is your personal journey. And it goes back to what I said earlier about about those big brands kind of mm -hmm. chomping at the bit and grasping at any personal connection they can make with their audience. We have that capability and we have to capitalize on that. Amen. Amen. I feel like when I was on your podcast, we talked, uh, we can link that episode, by the way, guys. Um, Amanda, real quick, sidebar, what's the name of your podcast? Empowered Publicity. It's phenomenal resource. When I first discovered, when I say discovered, I mean my lawyer, Jamie, and we put that in the show notes as well, her episode. Uh, she's really good friends with Amanda, and she introduced me to Amanda. And then I went and binged Amanda's podcast because I have to do my research first. And I was like, this is all the answers. Like, how to pitch Amazing. yourself for a podcast, how to pitch yourself for to get more speaking gigs. Because Lord knows I don't know how to do that stuff. And I was like, this is <laughs> amazing. So... Definitely, guys, check uh, check that out. Check out her podcast. We will link everything in the show notes. But I think, I feel like maybe when I was on your podcast, we'd maybe talked about it. I don't know. I, I talk a lot, so I'm not sure. But, um, you know, there was a time, I don't know how long ago it was, where, like, Rihanna, I don't know, said something bad about 
Snapchat, I want to say, and like their stock fell. And that makes sense. Like you have like these, it is a personal brand now. It's like she's one person, right? Yeah, she's huge. But we see the power that and the impact and the influence and the reach that that one person or these smaller brands can have because people have that connection to them. And they're like, yes, I will listen to this and I trust it more than Colgate. You know, it it makes, it makes, it makes total sense. Like total sense. So and one of the I'll just interject. Yeah. One of the things that and, you know, the um, the the power of that sort of like influencer status, like we can all be influencers in our own space. And that's actually the most powerful way to get new clients, because I teach, you know, I I come from this publicity PR background, but PR public relations is this holistic approach to creating relationships with your public. And it encompasses a whole vast chasm of tactics that you can implement. Media is just one of them. The Mm -hmm. other things that I teach my clients are how to form collaborations so that Mm -hmm. you can get in front of new audiences. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're describing is that's this influencer culture that we are so accustomed to now. It's brands collaborating with these influencers. And we can do that as well in a very authentic way with people who who have audiences that are tangentially related to ours or who uh, you know, we just haven't been in front of yet, but are who are people who we would want to work with. So, yeah. So that was just a aside. <laughs> no, it's a great. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with that because uh, one of the things that I see, like, that's the world I live in, right? I live in Instagram and like the influencer mm-hmm. world and mm-hmm. things like that. And one of the things that I recommend to people and coach people is like have your own success. Like the fastest way to grow is going to be to be successful because people take note. And then when you do ask to collaborate, the other person's willing to do it because there's like a mutual benefit from that. So like people Mm -hmm. like one of the things that I hate is like people will tag me in stuff like random stuff. If it's like a funny thing or something cool, but like they'll (laughs) tag me in in like their like squat tutorial. And I'm like, why are you tagging me in this? Like, I don't I I know how to squat. I don't Mm -hmm. I'm not sure they're trying to (laughs) steal my attention. My attention is earned. You're trying to like trick me. I'm like, I don't want to see this. So if people are trying to the people that I'm going to collaborate with, the people that I'm going to ask to come on my podcast or like repost their stuff are people that I've have a relationship with and it's also mutually beneficial and it doesn't have to be in like a monetary sense or like they have a huge number of people but just like they have a they have their own success they have their own story there before they're just like you know give me your the eyes of your people and i'm like i don't even know you so like a hundred percent yeah yeah you if you're reaching out to someone whether it's a media entity a podcast producer an influencer someone that you want to create a relationship with you have to have your foundation secure before and you have to be clear about who you are and what you offer because otherwise that's the reaction is like i don't know what you're doing (laughs) uh, literally i'm like uh what is this don't talk to me Right. I mean, there's so much noise right now. Like, this is, you guys see, bring it full circle again, why I brought Amanda on, because this this is not, in my opinion, this is not a chicken or the egg thing. Like, we know what comes first, and it's having your story, because you've lived your life, creating a story from that, and, and, you know, moving forward with having your successes. And then you can, then we start to see, like, it becomes much easier to get more eyes, whether that's because you're using strategies that Amanda said, you're going into the media, you're on social media, whatever. But there is 
in my opinion, a very much a, an order for this thing, which is why I brought her, brought you on, and like you guys, yes. I'm hoping that you're ex- as excited as I am to have to have her here. <laughs> Question Thank for you, you yeah. Amanda. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It, I don't know how I want to say it. What do you think is going to come of? What kind of opportunities do you see coming from? COVID-19 and I, I get it you guys you guys know that I am sensitive to what's going on and like I'm not trying to be like opportunistic salesman here like the things are bad I understand but I, I, I choose to not only focus on the bad here and in terms of people pivoting in terms of businesses in terms of you know people looking for more human connection what kind of opportunities mm-hmm. do you see moving forward with this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the opportunity that I saw at the very beginning was when people were kind of, um, you know, and granted, like you mentioned, I'm on the East Coast. I'm right outside of Manhattan. Yeah. So I do also take this very seriously. My cousins are doctors at NYU, like frontline workers. Like it's very serious. But for those of us who, or I should say, and for those of us who are, um, mercifully, you know, healthy and cordoned in our homes, there is an opportunity for us to be visible, to be a positive force and to step into leadership right now. I think that, you know, and I think that a lot of people have started talking about that and it has become a little bit esoteric and vague. But what the way that I see leadership is by doubling down on what's true for you, doubling down on what your zone of genius is. And I I started calling it the zone of leadership, like finding Mm. what your where you can be a leader and and staying the course, you know, instead of panicking uh, and granted, like we've all been in you know, I mentioned a little bit of my, you know, my uh, the phase of my life in, in yes. the I, I mean, I know what year it was, 2013, when my daughter was born and I was in this panic of like, I have a child and I have a nascent business and I haven't even figured out what I'm doing yet. And I'm alone and I don't have a partner that's that's overly I mean, certainly not financial financially supportive, like I felt mm-hmm. so isolated and alone. So this period of time brings up a lot for people. But if you can recognize that your stakes are, are the stakes are high for, for you as a business owner, for you as a human, for you as a parent, for you as a leader, the stakes are high for all of us in different ways. And it's important that we step forward and say, this is my experience right now. Here's how I can support you during yes. your experience of right now. Yeah. Then that's what we're, that's what we're here for. I think yeah. it, even in the best of times is exactly. like, here's what I have been through. Here's what I have learned from this experience. And here's how I can support you out there by helping you continue and, you know, find your strength or whatever it may be. Um, and just continuing to show up. I think that's, um, you know, that was sort of a babbly way no, no, of answering the on. question. But but I think the bottom line of in terms of what has worked for me to stay in a relatively stable, um, you know, st- business-wise in a stable uh, position has been just keep showing up because yes. people are noticing people are grateful and it inspires others to show up in the way that's authentic for them too and i have a lot of people just even today in my news feed saying things like i don't want to 
show up. Like, I don't want to be, I just want to retreat and hibernate right now. And I think that that is also important to recognize that like you need time to step away. You need time to nurse your wounds, figuratively speaking, because, (laughs) because this is a very challenging time on an emotional level, even for those of us who are healthy. Ah, so many good things there. I so many good things there. Like I was just talking to my friend Jill. Uh, you guys know Jill Coleman, and I said to her, you know, right now everything's changed, but nothing's changed, and that's exactly what Amanda just said there. Like the strategies and such that were working before, like show up for your people, be of service to them, provide, you know, an extreme amount of value. That was mm-hmm. there before. And it's still there now. If you know, if anything, it's more so there now because people are really looking. Uh, I, I think that the last thing you said also really hits the nail on the head. Sometimes I get asked, you know, my my world is really digital and on social media, and people will ask, like, can everyone do this? And I don't think so. I am not going to lie, and I don't like the story of like, I did it, you can too, like. And I know that no, Amanda doesn't stand for that either. It's like, I did it. Here's my story. Hopefully it resonates. And then it's up to you to do the thing. Uh, but I right, don't. Or we'll figure out the right, you know, well, exactly. the right avenue or what's going to work for you, given who you are and what you, what's going to bring you alive. But anyway, yes. Yeah, exactly. It's, it has to be, it's going to be individual. It's not like you can mm-hmm. follow this exact same thing. And I think that that's something to be thinking about too. Like, I get it. Sometimes I can be a little bit maybe harder around the edges with things. Uh, but, you know, my background is sports. And I think that when we're training for sports, and I, trust me, guys, I'm going to bring this back to what we're talking about. Trust me. Stay with me here. <laughs> when we're training for sports, like the whole goal is to get it so that you're like 90% effort or your 85% effort, something that's sustainable, is equivalent to someone else's 105% effort. Mm. Because then they can't, they can't keep up. They can't do it. And that's kind of one of the things that I'm that I'm seeing now. And like, it's okay. I want you guys to all understand and, and, and you know, give yourself grace. But I do think from a very realistic perspective, we are going to see what starts. And this is a conversation I have with Jill all the time. We're going to see what starts happening right now. Like, yes, there are days when you just don't want to do anything. But this goes back to the discipline. And will you show up? Because that is the time when you're 85% become someone else's 105%. And actually, Amanda and I were talking about this before the podcast, and she's had to really adjust her schedule because she has she has a child, right? And adjusting her schedule so that she can work on certain days and realizing, like, I can't work on these other days. Like, it just isn't going to happen. But she's not just saying, I can never work. She's like, I can't work on these days, so you know what? That means I got to work twice as much on these other days. And that's the discipline that gets you through and gets you to be successful with things. So I think it's really important, yes, give yourself grace and such right now, but understand that as we move forward, which is what's happening right now, it's that discipline that's going to keep you, that's going to get you through and understanding how we have to kind of manipulate and move things and then call on people like Amanda to help you out with the strategy uh, as we move forward. So right. my two pennies Yeah, so there. I have two things to add to that. I don't want to forget the two things. So I'm Same. just going to say, remind me, <laughs> downward comparison and then the three things that I sort of prescribed as the visibility tactics that could work right now. Because again, these are things that work at all times, but particularly now, these are the things we need to dig into. And so the thing that I wanted to add about downward comparison is that actually early on in 
um, my, I don't know if it, I don't know when it was. It was many years ago. I interviewed Gretchen Rubin, the the writer of the Happiness Project, for an article that I wrote for Forbes.com. And she talked about this concept of the downward comparison and how it can actually contribute to happiness. So even though we're supposed to sort of be mm-hmm. aspirational and look at the bright side and all this, looking at those times in your life and also looking at uh, she she referred to it as uh, sort of an outward comparison, outward downward comparison, like it could be so much worse. Mm-hmm. But I also re- look at it as looking at those times in your life when things were yeah, really it has been. hard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like I was saying before, where I can look at that time in my life where I, I you know, I, I remember showing up at my accountant's um, yes. home. Uh, he invited us to come to his home because his office is in, is on Long Island, which, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, geographically from here, not convenient. And so we show up at his like full service, gorgeous, like high, uh, high rise (laughs) apartment building. And I'm like, I made $30,000 this year. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is the lowest I have ever felt the most helpless. And if, and if I made it through that, then I can make it through this. So if you're able to kind of remind yourself that you're not going to spontaneously combust on the sidewalk, if you walk outside, (laughs) like it's all going to be, that's the worst case scenario. And that's not going to happen. Then you're going to be okay. And you're going to make it through this. So the downward comparison is one way to sort of like remind yourself. And then on a practical level, I actually am dropping a newsletter this week, I think that. And so, you know, if anyone wants this in writing, I can send it to send it your way um, after the fact. But um, there are three things that I kind of came up with in the arsenal of visibility tactics that I work on with clients that can actually work right now, which was the original question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're yeah, good. <laughs> so, um, so the first thing is to look at who you can collaborate with. Look at collaborations. That's such a it's it on a visceral level. It's what we need right now mm-hmm. in terms of connection. And you can collaborate in so many different ways that don't require you to meet up in person. And you can collaborate in ways. I mean, all collaborations should be mutually beneficial. So look for ways that you can reach out to someone you admire and really like, you know, push yourself to reach out to someone who yeah. maybe you think is out of reach. Like, why not? If yeah. not now, when? That's true. <laughs> so, like that. so think about who you might collaborate with. Um, think about what you could do in the way of an event. And I know that this is like, oh my God, like this is kind of a little bit of more high stakes kind of involved idea, but there are simple ways that you could bring people together and put yourself at the center of like a happening online that will increase your visibility to all of the people in your sphere, as well as, you know, potentially even, you know, blurring that line between events and collaborations, you might invite invite other people to be part of your event. So maybe it's a panel discussion that you do virtually that you invite your community to. Maybe it's a roundtable of some sort. Maybe it's a talk that you give. Maybe it's an online, you know, virtual masterclass or whatever it may be. And an online event is a great way to kind of seek out some visibility as well. And if you couple that with a collaboration, then it helps with the marketing Mm -hmm. of that online Mm -hmm. event, because then you're able to ask the people that you invite in to also share with their audience. 
And then the third way to be visible right now is to pitch the media. So the media is on total overload when it comes to coronavirus, and they are looking for new ways to approach the story. So you undoubtedly have something to contribute right now if you're able to pivot your message even just a tiny bit to include the news of the day. And when whenever you're listening to this, if coronavirus is not a thing, that is the essential element to a successful pitch is to incorporate something that is timely. So just take that, you know, wherever like you go with your pitching. In general. Uh, yeah. Amanda, did I miss the second one? What's wrong with me? Collaboration? Oh, Collaboration. Oh, I put them as one. Okay. And uh, yeah, there there's kind of a blurred line there. Okay, you okay. could do a solo event, or you can do an event in collaboration. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. My bad. I was like, what the hell happened? Is that one and three? Okay, I'm writing them down over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that student in class. Uh, excuse me, teacher. Uh, we we skipped the third slide. <laughs> I no, I love that, and I you know I think also, especially for movement professionals right now, it's there's so much opportunity for you to reach out, like even to a local local television network and offer them a remote, you know, a virtual in studio where you do some kind of like live, um, you know, stretch session or something like that. Dude, I would have never thought about that. I have no desire to do that. But you guys listening should be like, holy shit. (laughs) So you want take to th- it or leave it. This, That's actually something I always do with or say with my clients is like, look, I'm going to give you every idea that I have. If you don't like it, you have say, to yeah. tell me because we yes. will come up with something else. But I know you're not going to do it if you don't like it. I mean, I think that there's so there's so much value in just hearing the idea, and then you can massage it to whatever fits. Like what I'm seeing right now is that people are struggling with. Um, they're struggling with kind of the, the transition to remote sessions. I've done them for years. I love them. And that maybe made the transition a lot easier for me. I like, I like the digital space. But one of the reasons that it's difficult is because the patients don't know what the patient's clients, whatever, don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm mm-hmm. like, give them an eye into this. If you could do something like this on the, with the media, like on t- whatever, local television or whatever, and show people this is what a remote session looks like. That's amazing. This way they already know. They're like, oh, this is what I'm going to get. This is the transformation. Oh, okay. Th- they're way more likely to do that than just mm-hmm. you trying to like re- list out bullet points there on your freaking website. Like, that's cool. But when they can see it, like, that's such a good idea. Pitch the media and do it. Like, my brain always goes like, put it on Instagram or put it on something. But then like, <laughs> Not everyone's on Instagram. I get that. So this is when you say pitch the media, Amanda, I know that you teach this. So I don't want to like, you know, take all your stuff because people pay you for this. But like, could you give us like the 30,000 foot view of like what that means to pitch the media? You like write a letter to CBS? Like, what does that mean? I love that question. No, so good. Right. So this is an example of like the most baseline thing in your sphere of expertise is going to be mind-blowing to someone else so like just remember that you have to start with the basics (laughs) of note to self (laughs) i'm like how do you do that (laughs) right (laughs) so so for the example that i offered i would so there's so many different types of media right there's television there's radio there's podcasts there's online media there are magazines there's newspapers all of these still exist and they are still viable. Yeah, <laughs> People are that. like, no one reads newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbor does. I watch her. She yeah. gets one every day. 
My mom reads her newspaper on her iPad yeah, every day. Like, so like, okay. yeah. There you yeah. So the so and I think a lot of us forget about local media as a viable option, but it's so still so powerful and they're also mandated to cover local people. They're not mm. going to book an interview with someone who lives across the country. You know, your your um oh my god, KABC or whatever your LA affiliates are, they're not booking someone who lives in Milwaukee. They're booking huh, you who that. lives in your geographical area. So um so okay, so how to pitch the media. So you want to figure out where you want to be seen. Every type of media does something different for a business. The mass market media that I'm talking about, like television and uh, even newspapers, it, you know, it's, it, it all it depends. But the mass market, so television and those you know beautiful glossy magazines you see in the the grocery store aisles. Those are mass market media. Those probably are not going to connect you with more of your clients, but they are going to bequeath upon you some major credibility. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Bequeath upon right. you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, you will be anointed and yes. have the blessing. So, um, Street cred. so to pitch... <laughs> right. It, oh. Totally. So those really do give you a lot of credibility when someone maybe hears about you from their next door neighbor and they say, this person changed my life. That person goes to your website and they see you've been featured on a television yes. station they recognize exactly. or a magazine they recognize. They're like, OK, mm -hmm. this is the real deal. So the way that you would let me just take the local television example the way you would pitch a local television station is figure out what your local television uh, affiliates are. First of all, I know <laughs> a lot of us are like, I don't watch TV anymore. So Somebody you have is. To, yeah. And we still trust it. That's yeah. what's so weird is exactly. like, we're not watching it. But when you see like someone was featured on TV, you're like, oh exactly. my God, that's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> so weird. That's so so yeah. <laughs> so you want to figure out who your local, where, what your local networks are. So there are the networks, the ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and then there are the local affiliates. And that's your like KABC or K or WNBC here in New York, or, um, oh my God, K-A-R-E in Minneapolis or whatever, okay. <laughs> whatever they are. <laughs> so, um, I think that's, I think that's the one in Minneapolis, but I'm not sure. Um, nobody's going to correct anyway, you. It's okay. I, someone will, someone will, <laughs> someone will be like, no. <laughs> so yeah. So figure out what stations are in your area, what the, and then, okay. So once you figure out your stations, find the, so the shows that you want to pitch on your stations, likely not the like seven or, you know, 5am, 7am hard news or the evening news. But a lot of times they'll have a more lifestyle-y show. And that mm. usually airs at 9am or 11am or a weekend. Weekends are huge. That's a great opportunity for a more lifestyle type segment. And then you want to find out and I will tell you a secret, Twitter is an amazing resource for uncovering who is involved in these shows. So uh. they will have on their Twitter bio that they're the producer of Weekend in, uh -huh. you know, Weekend at Good Day Atlanta Weekend or whatever it is. And 
that's the person that you want to reach out to is the producer of that show. Um, so that's sort of the hierarchy. What are the stations? What are the shows? And then who's the producer? And then when you find out who the producer is, and anyone working with me will have some muscle behind that search. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little bit of digging, but so we can also call in uh, some resources we have around in, um, you know, with database, you know, internal like um, publicity gotcha, databases. Gotcha. There, there are these like crazy things that publicists have access to. Wow. So, um, so, so cool. yeah. So then once you, once you find out who the person is, then it comes back again to, and I think you sort of mentioned something like this a little bit earlier, telling them the value you're going to provide to their audience. And so it's not just about like, here's me, here's what I do. Mm-hmm. And I think you should interview me. It's like, here's a segment idea. So you want to present an idea that you think will serve their audience. Here's an idea. And here's why I think that your, or here's how your audience will benefit. And you can bullet point several things that they're going to take away from your segment idea. I love it. Can I interject real quick with a question? Of course. How, what would you suggest is the best way to research someone's audience? That's a good question. Um, So, I mean, it's much easier to research an audience when they are more niche, right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. like it would be easy to easier to figure out who your audience is than to figure out who's watching, you know, Good Day Atlanta or whatever. So, um, but I think that the best way, it's a very simple, uh, though, and possibly obvious uh, answer is to consume the media. Boom. Boom. I need you to say it because people don't. Like I get pitched stuff and I'm like, you just took this from someone's like thing and they're like, this will help your people. And I'm like, they don't even do like, you don't know who my people are and you can feel that. So when you go to pitch someone, like make sure that you're actually like done some research and been like, this is how it's going to help them because this is who I think seems to be your people and this is like what you've been putting out and it it really jives with that like do your fucking homework it's very simple <laughs> exactly that's so funny that you asked me a question and you wanted a particular answer and i thankfully i <laughs> delivered on that i mean i knew, oh knew you would i already knew you would I'm like she's gonna say it she's gonna be like do your homework and i'm like yes because amanda and i think the same like i already know she's gonna say it thank god <laughs> Do. And then I was like, if she doesn't, then I'm like, that's an, an even better way to research it then, clearly. So I'm like, it's win-win. That question was win-win. There was no way okay, it's going to be yes. bad. So. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> God. So uh, you said research your, research your audience. You're looking at Twitter, which you guys know I hate Twitter, but this is a phenomenal way to use it. Yeah, you don't have insight. to be on it. Just use it as a yeah, research tool. I would have never thought. Figuring out who are the people that are like running these things. And then, yeah. and then what? And so I I will just add to that on Twitter, uh, particularly print journalists, they put their fucking email in their Twitter bio. Like it is, you're like, really? It's that easy to get in touch with you? Yes. They want to hear from you. They want to hear from you. That's another mindset thing that I talk about with with people all the time is like, they need us. They need us to provide them with with viable ideas and and resources and source material and expertise like they're waiting for us to reach out wow i have no idea (laughs) there's a whole 
wow, that's, wow. Well, that was, I just, my mind is blown now. I'm like, that's how, <laughs> how you do it? Oh, okay. Ask. Yeah. Got and so it. the answer is like, what next is just email them. And what you want to say is, I have an idea for you. It's not like, here's a pitch or, you know, this is why I'm awesome. Is like, here's my idea. This is why mm-hmm. it's going to serve your audience. That's amazing. And okay, got a question because I know somebody's going to be thinking this. I know people are really proprietary with their ideas because they're, you know, special butterflies and such. What do you say to the person that's like, but I, so suppose I pitch this idea and then they take it and someone else does it. They do it with somebody else, whatever. Oh. Um, oh, like they take it and then they and they don't include you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure somebody's thinking uh, this. Like if I pitch yeah. my idea. And then like- it's hard. That happens. That does happen from time to time. I have not seen it happen in a very long time. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's a huge risk of that. I think that people operating in journalism are pretty, um, integrity driven Mm -hmm. though. Some may disagree. (laughs) Uh, um, but, um, yeah, I would say that that you'll have another idea. Yeah. And then and you and you, you know, there's no real ownership of ideas. You yes. can't copyright an idea. So Damn. you have to be free with your ideas. You have to give away your ideas. That's how That's new it. ones come in. And uh, you'll have yeah. another idea or and you can still use that idea. It's not dead. You know, they didn't just like steal it from you and they own it now. Use it in a different forum. That's it. I love it. I mean, to me, I, I yeah, that would be shitty if that happens. But that just pro- is proof of concept. Like, oh, this is yes. a good thing. So like, let me pitch someone else. Let me do it in a different way. Let me keep running with this. And also remembering, yeah. guys, once is never. Just because it's said one time doesn't mean anything. Just because you did something one time doesn't mean anything. You got to do it again and again and again for yes. things to get traction anyway. So it's okay if yeah. that happens. Like That's a point that's actually driven home to me over and over again because I'm like, is what I'm saying repetitive? Like I've been no. telling the same story for <laughs> however many years now. And and I'm reminded, like, no, it's new to someone, yes. and people need to hear it over many times over. in order for it to even exactly. register. Like, here I am being blown away by emailing people from Twitter. I'm like, what? <laughs> you could do this? And Amanda's like, I learned this day one when I was 15. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know that. Over and no, over. when I was 15, I was like, I can't talk to anybody. Uh, no one likes me. No and look at you now. Hang out with me. I know. Yeah, I I blow my own mind. <laughs> it was so good, you guys. There's so many things here. Once is never. Amanda, I'm keeping an eye on the time here, and we're like getting close to where I like to wrap this up. Um, before I before I like ask my final question, one, how can they? contact you, reach out to you, learn more from you, work with you. How do they do that? Um, Well, I love to talk about all of this and I welcome I welcome outreach in any way, shape, or form. So you can go to my website, amandaberlin.com. You can go to amandaberlin.com slash assessment. And right now, actually, for a limited time, but for whoever hears this, you can just do it. Um, I am offering a free 30-minute strategy session, and I'm not one of those people who calls a strategy session calls a sales call a strategy mm-hmm, session this is pure value and i that's my kind of give right now in this climate is like it. i want 
help you still feel like you can put yourself out there, be visible, feel aligned and feel full of integrity because you're continuing to add value to your audience and also engage them in a new way. So you can book a 30 minute session with me, amandaberlin.com slash assessment. And, um, yeah, just, I mean, just email me if you're confused about, you know, anything or you're like, I don't, I not sure what I'm supposed to do right now. Just email me and we'll figure it out. Dude. (laughs) So good. Definitely take her up on that offer. If nothing else, check out her website. She has a bunch of free downloads that are just super, super helpful. Like how to pitch yourself for a podcast, Um, This is like really good content that she gives away so generously for free. So check that out. Get on the uh, newsletter that she has. She does some, well, she was doing some in-person events. Coronavirus has other plans, but that's not going to be forever. So we know things will change with that. So definitely just get in the loop there. My event is now in September. So maybe there's other opportunities for people to consider it. Yeah, we got time now. I'm like, fingers crossed. Things better be travelable travelable by then because I moved myself to September too and I'm like, oh, that was not enough time. So we'll see. But uh, AmandaBerlin.com. Everything will be in the show notes, but please, guys, take her up on that. Now, Amanda, my typical way, my standard way of wrapping up the show, what would you like to leave the people with? You've already given us so much. So if you're like, nothing, that's fine. But in terms (laughs) of final words, anything like that we didn't cover, what do you want to leave the people with? Yeah, absolutely. I So you have something important to say, whether you believe that it's earth shaking and life trans- transforming is another story. I believe that it is. The baseline of your expertise could be mind blowing to someone new to the conversation. And it's your responsibility to raise your voice so that pe- the people who need you can find you. Otherwise, you are robbing them of the opportunity to work with you and to be transformed and to feel better in their lives if you are remaining invisible. If you're too scared to put yourself out there, you are not serving the people who you might otherwise be serving and they will be suffering as a result. So we need to take it on as our responsibility as service providers, as business owners to conquer that fear of being visible because it means that someone else's life will be made better because they will have found us. Damn. If I could drop this mic, I would. This is expensive, so I won't. But if I could, (laughs) I would do that. Responsibility, guys. It is your responsibility. Amanda, that is straight fire. This entire episode has been straight fire. So thank you. This is... Thank I loved you. it. Thank you. This is so and I so love good. that expression, straight it's fire. Straight fire, it. man. It's straight fire. Totally taking that. Hang on on Instagram. You hear more stuff like that. Young kids <laughs> say it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And seriously, I want to also just shoot some kudos to you because you are consistently showing up. We are better from having heard from you. And I'm grateful that you're out there doing the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you, my friend. Truly, that means a lot. Thank you. For real. Thank you. You guys listening, thank you. I know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, you guys know we are both endlessly, endlessly appreciative. I'm not going to ask for any likes or stars or subscriptions or anything like that. If you enjoyed, liked, loved this episode... 
do me a solid and go check out amandaberlin.com. Maybe this is selfish of me, but I realize that a rising tide raises all ships. And so when you go check that out, hopefully it gives you the uh, motivation, inspiration, impetus to level yourself up and take on that responsibility. And for that, we will all be better. All right, officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, Amanda and Maestro, 